Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? Whatever you want to call yourselves. I don't know. You know all of a sudden, people are still emailing me uh, names that I could use. I got what the fuck tards, which I'm not going to use. I'm sorry I even said it just then. Uh, what the fuck ups. That's okay. What the fuck. Uh, there's a lot of them. I thought we had settled this. But certainly, I probably will integrate some of your your uh, suggestions in the future. On today's show, we have uh, Jim Jeffries. He's an Australian comedian that made his bones in London. And you may see him around the States because he did a, a fairly... Uh, popular and and uh, and pretty fucking good hbo special i'm looking forward to talking to jim uh i hope you enjoy it i am still in san francisco i don't know if you knew i was there but i am here uh i did a show last night with greg barrett called bring the rock where i sang and played guitar on stage for the first time in probably 30 years and you know what it was great i had a great time and when i got on stage i was fearless what the hell is that about? How can I spend my entire life being frightened of doing something, and then when I finally get up to do it, I have no fear? What is? I don't even understand it. I was uncomfortable not being afraid. I'm gonna do an. I think I'm gonna do a whole episode about it because I made a bunch of tapes, a bunch of uh, recordings. We'll see if we can, you know, wrangle it into an episode so you can enjoy the process of me freaking out and then just doing it and being up there. But all I can assume is that uh, most of the things we're afraid of. And most of the things that we allow to be obstacles in our lives are just, it's an illusion. You just got to do it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen is you fail and everybody laughs at you and then you feel like an asshole. I mean, that's the worst that can happen. You're not going to die unless you kill yourself. And if you're that fragile, I don't think you should be embarking on uh, conquering those fears. Uh, Maybe you should, you know, seek help and, and deal with it that way. Yeah, I'm not even sure. But I will tell you this, I've been on the road for months now, and I'm finally feeling a little beat up, a little sick, a little unhealthy. I can no longer not have a bacon cheeseburger. Like there, are, Even if there's healthy options on the menu, I have to have the bacon cheeseburger because that's where I'm at. I'm going to get a physical. Uh, actually, while you're listening to this, if you get it early Monday morning, I will be at the doctor getting a physical, and I'm, I'm a little concerned because I have literally been injecting pork fat and beef blood into my system on a fairly regular basis. I have no idea what that's going to mean for me. What if my cholesterol is too high? What if I have to get healthy? And also, as I said before to some of you who are listening, uh, I, I should, if I've kept my promise, I should be not, not doing any nicotine today in any form. I should be. I, because this is not happening in real time, I can't tell you whether or not that's true. You will have to wait until, uh, until Thursday to, for me to get involved in the process. Cause I'm, I'm getting emails from some of you now saying like, you do it, I'm going to do it, which you know, is a lot of pressure on me because you know, maybe, maybe my addictive brain at this point is saying, yeah, I think we can wait a little longer on this. I mean, it's still pretty good and you haven't had any snooze for two days. So, I mean, like the lozenges and the nicotine aren't that bad. Let me fucking tell you something, people. I have no idea what my baseline even looks like. I don't know who I am. I drink about a pot and a half of coffee a day. I, like, I, I eat nicotine. I have no idea what I, what I even look like. And from, from all accounts, you, you know, if I take that stuff away, 
it could get it could get ugly. I mean, there could be crying, there could be yelling, uh, there could be a lot of amazing rationalizations, you know, you know just flights of fancy about uh, you know, about why I'm fucked. That could happen, but you know what that sounds like to me? Good podcasting. What do you think of that? What, what to what end am I going to go to keep this show interesting? Hey, why don't I just get arrested? That'll be fun. Why don't I do that? Why don't I go out, maybe uh, you know, drive my car into a wall or do some shoplifting, and then we'll do Mark Marin in prison. Hey, look at that. He looks good with a wig. Who knew that Mark would be that guy? You know, I don't think I want to do that. I don't want no scratch that. Bad idea. I don't feel like being anyone's bitch. Uh, I don't think that would be good podcasting. I think that eventually you guys would be like, I really like this show at the beginning, but now it seems to have gotten a little sad. That, you know, I'm sorry Mark felt that he had to do that to make it, it entertaining for us, but I really can't listen to this anymore because that guy in his cell keeps interrupting him, and then when he hits him, it's, it's, not, it's not good entertainment, and I feel bad for Mark, and I wish we could help him. Maybe we should send him a cake with a file in it. Let's get to some important stuff. JustCoffee.coop is available at WTFPod.com. And they've been my sponsors since before WTF. And if you get the WTF blend, you can uh, you, I get a little I get a little bit of kickback from that. So enjoy that. And if you people aren't on my mailing list, you should be because uh, Brian, the intern, um, is putting a lot of effort and work into making those look spectacular. And you get a lot of information on the people that are on the show. You get more information about me, which seems to be a never-ending resource. I, I'm fucked up. You know, I got to get out of my head. I got to do some service work. I got to do, I got to do something. But you know what else I learned though? What I'm starting to learn is that I don't have to be afraid of anything. I'm 46 years old. It's, it's too late. It, it's gone on too long. From here on out, I'm not going to be afraid of bullshit. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do. If it doesn't hurt me or other people, I'm going to eat things within reason uh, if it, if it's not too horrible. I'm going to try to figure out how to have a good time. I'm not going to skydive. You know, I'm not going to climb Everest. I've talked about this stuff before, but I might go enjoy a, a symphony. What, who's to say that I don't like that? Or maybe an opera. I met somebody that said uh, that works at the opera, a seamstress for the opera. And, uh, and she said that I should go to the opera. I don't know anything about that. I think it's time to get back to that stuff. I don't like all this disposable entertainment. I want to see stuff that has been entertaining for centuries, that, that has meaning and significance, that rises above the rabble. And, and elevates the human spirit. But it's in another language. And to me, that's a deterrent. I mean, how much can I enjoy it if I don't understand what the fuck they're saying? I could say that's a nice song, I think, and it's good costumes, but fuck it. Maybe opera's not the thing. Maybe, um, what are some other ideas? Ballet? That's cultural. Why don't I go see some ballet? Because I don't really understand ballet beyond the, the point where they're like, oh, she's spinning around. Oh, she's flying. and Oh, that guy caught her. Yay! But that's more like athletics. I don't understand that. Modern dance, that's a little interesting if it's not silly. Perhaps more theater. Oh, shit, though. There's nothing worse than bad theater. Have you ever had to sit through a bad play? That is like fucking torture because they're on so many levels. It's like, oh, the, the acting's bad. Uh, I feel sorry for the actors. The play is poorly written. This is embarrassing. Why doesn't someone get on stage and help them? Someone should put a stop to this. Have you ever had that feeling when you're watching a play? I'm getting up there. Enough is enough. 
So what's going on with me? Today's Monday, if you're listening to this on the day that it came out. Oh, I do want to say this, that I recently went through a breakup with a, a woman. And here's something I learned about myself. I don't know how to break up with people. It's new to me. I don't know how to do it. And to be quite honest with you, if, I, if, I was, uh, if I'm left to my own devices, I will not break up with somebody. And I've had this happen to me before. I will marry a person before I break up with them, which I think is unfair to everybody involved. Breaking up is hard to do. Has anyone ever said that before? Fuck, I think I'm going to write a song. That sounds hooky, doesn't it? But I don't, I don't really know how to do it because you know what the problem with breaking up is? Here's the problem. Is if somebody likes you a lot, why wouldn't you want to have them around? Even if you don't like them as much. Why not just have them around? It's very nice. It's very nice. It's like, hey, how's it going? I like you. Cool. Thanks for hanging out. And, but then, uh, unfortunately, is that if that goes on too long, uh, they, then it becomes like, hey, what's going on? I like you. And then you're like, why? I'm nothing but a dick to you because I don't like you as much. Why do you still like me? And they're like, I like you even more now. And then you're really fucked. So then you have to figure out, like, uh, I have to explode this situation or try to be an adult. That's the big question. How do you break up without drama? I don't know about you guys, but for me, the best way to break up used to be why not cause as much shit as possible, as much chaos, as much pain, and as much drama to where the person is like, I can't fucking put up with this shit anymore. I'm leaving. And secretly like, oh, my plan worked. Why, why would you do it that way as opposed to, Look, I just don't think this is working out, and uh, I think we, you know, we've been through a lot together, and it's been fun, and but I just don't, I don't think there's a future in it, and I'm sorry. And then they start crying, and then you're like, oh, don't cry, and why are you upset? Oh, come here. Okay, let's just keep going. That's the problem. That's I'd rather just blow the shit up. Blow it up. I didn't do that this time though. I was mature. I just said a few mean things, uh, it, but responsibly mean. You know, like a couple mean things. To, to make sure that I could put the boundary up and then maintain it. And then you just, you just stop taking texts. Do not break up over text or email. That's bullshit. I was taught that. Fucking man up or woman up or whatever. Yeah, meet in person or do it on the phone or do it screaming outside of their window. But usually that's the other side of it. The screaming outside of the window is usually the person that was broken up with. I've done that before. What the fuck? Why? Why? This is bullshit. Let me in the fucking house. Let me in the fucking house. And that's just, that is just shy of an opera right there. Or a musical. Like if I was to write one, an opera musical that I would want to see, that would be the opening scene. A guy out in front of a house going, why? Why won't you let me in the house, you fucking bitch? I wasn't that bad. And then like, you know, bad remember when it was so good and we liked each other let me in the fucking house you bitch what do you think no
I also didn't realize the amount of competition that was involved in that, you know, if you didn't do your own publicity, no yeah. one's going to fucking come. So the disadvantage was I was on a, two, a, a two-person show. When you're competing with that many people. And also that they have that mentality of if it's two people, then it's shit. That's right. Can't, can't you do an hour? That's the mentality. <laughs> and that, that is the mentality. And, yeah. I, and I had no idea uh, about that And you've that got, shit. You got a lot of guys that should only be doing 20 minutes who are doing an hour at the festival. But, it, it you know, I started off in a... Uh, thirty seater, and now this year mostly twelve hundred seats. But it it you have to go each year if you have a year off. Well, that was the thing. Then and they're by, like, and, oh, we forgot about you. Yeah, right. By, <laughs> by the way, my guest in the uh, garage here at the Cat Ranch, Cat Ranch, Cat Ranch, Jim Jeffries. Hello, the British phenomenon. Are you? I, I was Australian, but uh, you I, were Australian as I, well. I, I've, my my career's been in Britain, so so you're the second guy I've had on that was Australian in origin. Yeah. And then me, me and Brendan are very similar in that way. Brendan was the first guy to help me out when I got to uh, the UK. We actually grew up in the same town and everything. So yeah. Well, that's cool. So you guys go way back? Um, no, but we have we have mutual friends in Australia from before I was a comic. I'd, I'd heard about Brendan Burns and uh, and, and I never met him. No, well, you, I only met him in London. Well, he's sort of you, you know he's a, a very intense guy, and, and we got to some spiritual mystical shit. Yeah. But uh, but it's interesting. You're talking about Edinburgh, and like, like when I went there, and I did a month there. That the experience was so fucking miserable for me in so many ways. Yeah. And granted, I wasn't in the great mental space. But when people said, "Oh yeah, you just got to keep coming back, you know, and build your following," like I'm never fucking. Yeah, coming. yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, they, they reckon the average loss is um, five thousand four hundred and something pounds. Average loss for for the first year or in general? Just the, in general, the average loss to a comedian over the whole course of the, the whole thing. So you got to think like if guys like me are making money, yeah. there's blokes that are losing fifteen thousand. Yeah, and I was lucky that I was produced, but you know, I you know I'm changing my my tune about traveling abroad. I was <laughs> just in Glasgow. I think I was there that for the festival that you did. Yeah, you were playing a theater and you were you just got you barely made it on I, time. I b- barely made it. I had to lie to airlines and say that my mother was on a deathbed for me to get on the planes to cuz I'd gotten so far that I was like I'm not going back now. So you right? came from LA? I was I came from LA and then we stopped off at uh Newark to change planes to right. go to Glasgow. And then at Newark there was some storm or something no planes were leaving except i found one plane that was going to frankfurt and i was meant to get there 40 hours early before the gig yeah like i wasn't getting there like six hours before and from meant to get there 40 hours before i got there 40 minutes late <laughs> and, and, and but i was traveling the whole time and people were like oh couldn't you like, uh, so i just i had to like tell people oh my mother's dying so that like people would get off the plane so that i could get on the plane <laughs> did you sell it you did yeah, it oh, yeah. <laughs> So this guy's got acting chops. I feel I feel <laughs> awful about it, but it was it was either that or the show just didn't happen, and it was a lot of money, and it was also um, I, I can't I'd already I was already in Frankfurt by that stage, and I'd been traveling for thirty hours already, and I was like I'm not going back now. So I'm- all the exhaustion and the emotional uh, <laughs> Harry, yeah, you're already emotionally fucking upset, yeah. so you're like I can work with this. Yeah, yeah. My mother's dying. My mother's dying, which everyone is, you know. <laughs> I, I I didn't stipulate the day. Uh, my, my mother's my mother's a funny one. She's in hospital right now. She, she I once left the Edinburgh Festival uh, about four days early because uh, um, my mother was allegedly dying. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 our doctor, our family doctor, rang us up and went, "Oh, you know, yeah, she's only got a week or whatever." So I I jumped on a plane and got back, and then. Uh, she didn't die. She, uh, in fact, by the time I got back there, they were going on about how healthy was. I see, oh, spiritually picked up when you were coming home. 
And I was like, I feel, I feel like I, I'm happy. Look, I'm happy my mum's not dead. Happy about that. Yeah. But I feel slightly like, come on, this time if you're going to ring me. <laughs> Make sure she's Because that flight costs like three grand because I got it at the last second. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then I was just dicking around Australia, just sitting there going, all right. But she's she, all right. She had something called arthritic lungs, which I never heard of before. Your, your, your lungs just wrinkle up like into ping pong balls. You know oh, what I mean? God. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, because of that, you you generally have the freedom to say my mother is my dying. My mother's dying. Yeah. yeah. She's been, you know, maybe, terminally yeah, Ill. maybe not this week. Yeah. It, 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 there's no indication. Yeah, they, they, they put her on oxygen for a while. She's on oxygen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. But it's like, I, I always think that it's weird about things like that. It's like, uh, she's on oxygen and she's still driving and shit. You oh, know? she's got the tank? Oh, yeah, got a little tank with her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah was she a smoker? No, um, she was up until the age of. Uh, 35, and uh-huh. then she had me, and then she didn't smoke in my lifetime. But she's uh, so you can't blame that. No, I can't blame that. But she, she, um, she, yeah, she, she's never, she's morbidly obese. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, bad, solid, yeah, solid woman. Uh, uh, does that like see, like, I have this weird thing with fat, yeah, like, I it's, it's frightening to me. I'm, I'm an overweight guy, but I'm not a fat, fat guy. You no, know you're just a little, just, you, you look like you, uh, you, you got uh, a lot of booze calories, yeah, on. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got the bloating, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I think if you just stopped drinking for three days, you'd be like be svelte, you probably have abs, <laughs> and uh. But, my, but that's that's me and my brother's the same thing because you have a fat mom. And my, not only do I have a fat mom, but my, I had a, a fat mom, like we're talking about, like 400 pounder. You know? Oh my God, 400 yeah, pounder, yeah, yeah, as yeah. if it's a category. Um, <laughs> who was a teacher at our school. Oh God. You know, it's only so many times that you, I would hear on a daily basis, your mum's a fat bitch. And I'm like, you're preaching to the choir, you fella. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like who do you think you're, you're lucky you don't have to live with her? Yeah. And she was not only like a teacher at my school, but she was like the most feared teacher at my school. Oh, God. Like the yeah, one yeah. that would really like give a bit of discipline. It was like just hard to even date a girl because they were scared to come over to the house. <laughs> yeah. she And also all of her friends were other teachers at the school. They uh, were her only friends. So you were like, by virtue, of the, just by virtue of a family connection, you were part of the bad guys. Yeah. So, yeah. You'd, but you'd come home on the weekend. Yeah, and what, yeah. There's a fucking room of teachers yeah, yeah. in your in, in in your in your room. <laughs> I, re- I remember my brother Scott came home from work. And he got a yeah. job working for a department store, like like sort of the same of like Nordstroms or something like that. And uh, he wasn't having a good time at work, and that, that he's he's a bit of a he's actually he's actually like a millionaire now. He's he's well, that worked uh, out. He's an entrepreneur. But when he was a young kid, he was a bit of a he wasn't a very good worker, evidently, and they, they had him from working on the counter then to then like doing things and then into the stockroom with retarded people, <laughs> like just people like on the special work plans. <laughs> right, you that. can't be out on the floor. Yeah, so he was out with all these Down syndrome people yeah. and stuff, and he yeah. sort of felt a bit humiliated by yeah. the whole thing. And so mom had a couple of teachers over for dinner, and Scott it was one year out of high school, and he's come into the living room like this. He goes, oh, I fucking hate that job, those fucking assholes, and he's swearing he's out of... But then the teacher sort of went to him like, Scott... Do you mind while we're in the room? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But then he had that little moment of epiphany where he's like, I'm not in school anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what? You can get fucked. You can get fucked. <laughs> it must have felt good, man, to get oh, that yeah. out. Oh, it's 400 pounds, man. I can't quite get over that. Well, she, she's lost a bit of weight with the bad lungs, you know, but uh, exercise is out of the question now. But it's weird when people have that weight, when they lose weight and you don't notice, they're like, you know, yeah, you didn't notice? Yeah. It, I, yeah. I lost 100 pounds. It's the, like, the, well, you're... Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you I'm, got I'm half the size I used to be. You're <laughs> still I, big. Well, she's so sick now, she can't get the gastric bypass thing, so... She can't? No. Because, because of her lungs? Because of her lungs, yeah. But she would have? 
I think she would have. Yeah, that's all the craze now, isn't it? I always think that when I go past the billboards in LA, yeah. and they've got that blonde girl who's sort of punching the air, who's sort of like a chunky girl, but still attractive, still like a plus size model, you would yeah, call yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, uh, I think that's going to be a bad modeling gig to be the, the lap, lap girl, the lap band girl. Yeah, the lap band girl. Like you think I'm fat now? You should have seen me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but like she probably never had a lap band. They're just some yeah, bird yeah, she brought in. Yeah, to- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that whole thing is like it's weird to me because you're actually getting part of your intestine moved, removed. Yeah. So you're getting part of your stomach removed. Well, you, you, There's no going back you're after tying that. A belt around your stomach to make it half the size. Right. Like that's and they, but they cut it out of you. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. I mean, I guess, I guess, if you have to, you have to. There's a lot of vanity shit here in this yeah, town. Yeah, but you got to do some exercise. All, all these things. There's that that mattress guy who's on the commercial, and it's like, do you know a heavy mattress can make you not sleep very well? And do you know if you don't get a lot of sleep, that hurts your metabolism. And that's and so this woman's there going. So you're saying my mattress is it's making right. me fat? That's and right. he's there going, uh huh. And he's a big fat guy. <laughs> yeah. And so that's just like that's just like offering just. The quickest fix ever for fat people just sitting at home going, oh, it's my fucking mattress. I knew it. It was always my mattress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing I did. It's not a thing. It's I'm not getting proper sleep. Yeah. I'm sleeping for 12 hours a day, but <laughs> it's not the right type of sleep because I got this heavy mattress. So what I'll do is I'll get rid of those and I'll buy myself a pair of those new sketches that you have to balance on that Joe Montana Oh, yeah, 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 on the, the infomercial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like... You'd be all set. You can just, still eat ice cream before you go to shoes. bed. They're There's no exercise. Just you have to walk in these things. Yeah, yeah, and it's a miracle. And because they're, they've got the same technology as the ball you sit on. Yeah. Because you've got to... Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, fine. It's, it's, how about those things that you plug into yourself? Like the electric ones where you shock yourself into losing weight? Well, I, I tell you, Brendan Burns is a big fan of the uh, electric ab work. Get the thing. fuck out of here. Yeah, he loves those. Yeah, yeah. And he says it works? Well, he he works out a fair bit. He, yeah. He, he's, he's, got, he's quite a trim bloke, but he... Uh, He'll sit there watching TV with just like that plate over his stomach that goes. And does it shock him? I mean, what does it do? It 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 feels. It's just like a vibrator. It just tightens the muscles. Oh, you know what I mean. So you're not actually get tasering yourself. Yeah, it's the theory is that it's the same as doing a sit up each time, and and but it's not like a a shock. Is it a shock? No, it's not. You can you can sit there comfortably and have it. Turn it up. You get used to it. It's 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 no more of a shock than say a bit of static electricity or something. Oh, okay. You you can turn it. It's like when you buy those games for toys. Like people are into torturing each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just holding the thing. Do you do you actually? I'd like to get tasered one day. I just, think you can. I think it's something that if somebody has a taser and you said please, they would more than happily just, do it. Just once, just to so because my 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 other brother's a cop. Yeah, and does he, he have a taser? He well, he's he's a, a weapons trainer, so he uh, he tases people on a day to day basis. Because all 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 cops, <laughs> just, yeah. all cops who get there, they have to be tasered once to know what it feels like. Which Are you I serious? Think, yeah, I think, and they also get pepper sprayed in the face. Really? Yeah. And this is where here? This is in Australia in the training. I wonder if academy. they do that here. They line up the new cops and all right, you know how that it's feels. Like the initiation. So don't you know? Yeah. Don't use it too much because yeah. you know it hurts. Yeah. And here's your pepper spray. <laughs> And they're all laying in the corner crying. Are you ready for a bullet? Yeah. <laughs> Just shoot you in the it's arm? It's because I'm writing a sitcom for uh, Comedy Central at the moment. And there, was a, there was a scene in it where we wanted to, me to get pepper sprayed or maced or something like that. And I sort of said to myself, oh, maybe, you know, just for let's acting or thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just do it. My brother said, don't do it. And I go, why? And he goes, because you've got dialogue after that. You can't physically talk afterwards because you can't get air into you. 
feels like your insides burning. It's it's that whole. I used to work in a Mexican restaurant and like like every time I used to work in the bar, which was the worst thing was because you know you're cutting up limes all the time. But if you cut your finger, all it is is lime juice and salt. Yeah, everywhere. It's just the stinging. worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst yeah. But then there was this girl who, uh, and this sounds like a folklore type of thing, but this did happen. Just like you squeezed limes she, in her no, eyes. No, she was she was an apprentice chef just cutting chilies yeah. just all day, cutting yeah, yeah, chilies, yeah, put, yeah. Bring, pull them out of the water, cutting jalapenos, cutting yeah. chilies all yeah. day. And then uh, had to change the tampons, didn't wash her hands. I believe that. And she was in a crying heap in the corner of the bathroom. Yeah, it, I, I believe that. Because <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I remember we had those cinnamon toothpicks. Yeah. And, you know, you'd eat them. And then we were kids, so, you know, we'd jerk off eventually. Yeah, so yeah. if you don't have enough time in between jerking off and playing with uh, a pepper oh, or... Horrid. <laughs> yeah. Horrid. It, it won't last forever, <laughs> yeah. but it's not a good experience. <laughs> do you exercise? I can't see it. I, I do exercise, but only like twice a week. But then I drink like four days a week. So it's You're all down of, to four? Is that, yeah, I like when I, people have a schedule. I only drink at work. Yeah. No, like, and that's the truth. I only drink at work. And I when feel, you're at clubs? I feel stu- yeah, and I tr- I've tried to sort of tepper. Um, I'm trying to get off the beer and just go vodka and soda water because it's the least it's amount of calories, but it still feels... So it's for dietary reasons. Feels, I'm going to go to the harder stuff. It feels childish to move to hard liquor yeah. for dietary reasons. So I'm losing weight, but my kidneys are in no, pain. No, it's, it's, a, it's a commitment to alcoholism, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, I like you, you still drink? You don't no, drink? I used to. Yeah. So I, I know the joy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I desperately want to stop. Do you really? No, yeah. seriously. Yeah, I, I. Well, the thing is, I. Whenever I do stop, even if it's like two weeks, it's I, I just don't have any fun. But I suffer from depression. I don't have any depression either. So it's a trade-off. So you go, all right. So I can live a life without depression, with no fun, just that middle of the road thing, or I can have heaps of fun and heaps of low times. And then the problem is, it's in hindsight, it's better to live just on a, an even keel. Yeah. Right. Right. But at the time that you're having fun, you think it's never going to end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Even so, no matter how smart you are, how many times yeah, you know that. Like, you know, someone offers you a line of coke and that'll yeah, straighten you out. That won't do anything. Oh, yeah, then, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the best time I've, I've had with my friends, the, the most, how else do you, you get laid? Sober. How do people, I can't remember having sex in a sober state. Well, you know what you got to do is that you've got to somehow shift your addiction mm. from alcohol and drugs to pussy. Mm. And, and it's a tough switch. But if you deny yourself the other stuff enough, if you have an addictive personality, you will figure out yeah, how yeah. to get laid. <laughs> how to get laid? Yeah. yeah, because you need it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. But don't but don't you find that if you you're getting laid when you're fucked up that it's hit or miss? Have you ever had sex with a person <laughs> when you're sober and they're wasted? It's bad. It's ridiculous. It's like having sex with a retarded person. Yeah. Like, like just a girl on top of you and she's flopping on and off. And then and she has to get off you to puke and then and, come back and, and she makes it. Occasionally you hold her head up to check that she's still awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know, uh, you don't feel good about yourself You don't feel good that. about it. But when you're both wasted, you wake up in the morning like, yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, we, yeah. we both fucking rocked it out. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and there's that little <laughs> bit of embarrassment because if you drink enough, you can do things that you might not want to yeah, Have not might have done had oh, yeah. it, it, it's also things like you know a, a sober man uses a condom and a yeah you know what I mean? no no when you're drunk it's like oh fuck it yeah, yeah, yeah roll yeah. the dice <laughs> i'm all in and there's certain if you're drunk enough you know people get loose in certain ways i used to think that jägermeister was a, sp- a special potion that uh created an environment for anal sex 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the anal sex juice. And what was the reasoning before? Because it just always worked out that way for Well, you? it was just weird. It was, uh, it, I'm not a big uh, anal sex guy. You know, I can, you know, it's not something that I need or, but it's, or crave. It's, it's the novelty, though, isn't right, it? Right, sure. Sometimes but I remember back in the day when we were doing shots of Jaeger when I was with a particular girlfriend, it always ended up there. Mm. And it was always relative to Jaegermeister. So I thought, whatever these monks were putting in it, mm. whatever potion they were creating, this was part of the list of effects. Don't, don't you find now that most girls do anal sex where only only a short eight years ago they weren't I think I think uh, sex in general has broken wide open because the of internet. yeah because of porn that 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 somehow has become the example and it's completely demystified the whole fucking thing yeah, because even porn like Jenna Jamison if you watch yeah. her now yeah. can, it looks very tepid yeah what she's yeah. doing tepid relative to porn Re- relative, relative to, to porn. my life yeah <laughs> but you know what I mean so right. now girls try to think well that's what boys like hey all power to them right you know what I mean right. like I'm happy with the situation. <laughs> But I, I, I'm just, I'm just, it's changed vastly. Sure. And you got to be in better shape. Yeah. You, you know, like now all of a sudden it's like, well, if they expect that, I'm going to have to go to the gym a little more. Well, thank God Ron Jeremy still exists, I guess. Even, yeah. As, even, a, as even, a barometer for the worst that it can as be. As the worst that can be. I've met him several times now because he sort of hangs around the comedy community. Yeah, he does. He, still? Where at? He used to come to the comedy store a bit. I haven't seen he, him in a while. Um, well, I met him at uh, Paul Provenza's Green Room show. Right. And uh, I met him also. I, I hosted an award show in um, LA uh, for British television. Yeah. Uh, the NME Awards, right? And so I, I, ho- I hosted this award show and Ron Jeremy had just sort of showed up and muzzled his way in. And then afterwards, he wanted to go out and pick up chicks. Like, I was just like, really? Yeah. If I had sex with as many women as he had, I'd, I'd have hobbies. Yeah, no. You know, I'd get things done, but he still was like, no, you know. That's his wife. And he wanted to pick up like, you know, normal girls. He fucks porn stars. He wanted to pick up like amateurs. Sure. It's like, it's like Michael Jordan playing basketball with me, you know, like it's. Well, I, I mean, it's the thrill of the hunt, I would imagine. I mean, with porn stars, they I think they all feel like they have to fuck him once. He's got to be 60. Yeah, and he's been doing it since the 70s, man. He's got to be. He was in some of the first porns I saw when I was in like uh, junior high. I mean, yeah, so so he would have been what twenty in nineteen seventy, say. Yeah, yeah, he would have had to be twenty in nineteen seventy. So he's got to be sixty. It's amazing, but I think with Viagra and this other shit that they shoot into their dick, that you know, they, there doesn't have to be an end to it. No. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for time to take its toll. I've I've never I never used Viagra or anything like that, and I'm not I'm not like saying as a, a bit of proudness. Yeah. I'd like to, because I've had friends who use it, and they say that whole thing where it just doesn't go down for like an hour. You're just walking around the house. Yeah, no, I've tried it a couple times, and it definitely changes things. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it changes things. Like, I talk about it on stage where you have a moment when you're fucking on Viagra, and you look at your dick, and you're like, it doesn't even need me. <laughs> but does it make you horny as well or does it just give you the erection well no i think i think the way it works really is it, it basically what it does i think it just dilates your your uh, arteries and your blood vessels to mm. a to an extreme degree because athletes use it now to up their performance in endurance and running just so what, what so they're walking around with stiff feet running no no it doesn't like if you're not turned on it's it's not going to do anything right. like you don't take it and like if you're in the car and you're like you're trying to time it right like you got the chick in the car and you like you take it it's not like it's not so gonna what just, about guys who are just unattracted to their wives taking it who are taking it so they can give their wife something yeah. well i think that you still have to uh, engage you still have to be turned on a bit but right. but the sensitivity is a lot higher you know what i mean see i was hoping that would 
keep me married one day. Yeah, I think it will. You know, I, 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 there was a, I used to say on stage that uh, I don't think there's such a thing as erectile dysfunction. Maybe it doesn't want to go in there for a reason. Yeah. See, and I, I always think that men, they go, uh, 50% of men between 40 and 60 have experienced erectile dysfunction or whatever the statistic is. Right. right. And you go, I'd like to check how many of those men have been married to the same woman for 20 years. Well, no, I think that's, I think that's exactly it. And, I mean, and, 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 I th- and same as a woman having a dry hole. Like, I'm not saying that they've got to get wet for me all the time. It's right. just you get used to people. It's just how life is. It doesn't mean you don't love each other. Yeah. doesn't mean you don't. It just is. That's right. I think you're right. And I think that like erectile dysfunction as an illness is is made up. But I think that the fact that you may get bored or not attracted after a certain point is natural. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, let's check these impotent men in front of 18 year old girls. <laughs> and see how it goes. Let's just have this one girl who's the barometer. Yeah. Let that be the test. <laughs> yeah, let it be the test. I think that's reasonable because then you'd find out it's not a fucking disease. It's yeah. not an ailment. It's yeah, just yeah. The, the fact that monogamy you know, breaks down down after a Cause, while because i don't know yeah I, I remember once not being able to get an erection for like two days and that was the longest stint ever i think it was after a lot of benders and stuff like of that. of course so you you mean you, you were trying with a girl for two trying, days no trying a couple of, with a girl for a day nothing happening and then trying by myself for a day nothing that, happening that's a sad and then day that, that panic yeah. of it's broken it's broken forever <laughs> and, then, and then and then i woke up fixed yeah fixed. thank god Yay. thank god well when you can't get it up for yourself yeah then that's a that's a sad moment but it like came out of nowhere i never had any issues before sure. or never even had like a, a drunken i can't do it drunken one. wow good for you but yeah I'll, what do they call it whiskey dick or yeah 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 it foster's flop in britain oh is, that's good that's good nice. it's a little foster's. more specific yeah, it's brand and maybe they should use that in their advertising it's branded <laughs> <laughs> how old are you 33 yeah because i gotta be honest with you you, you know i had not i had not seen your comedy and then i watched the hbo hour and i really thought like yeah this guy must be around for for a while he looks like he's 40 <laughs> and then when i saw you at the, the m bar it's like oh my god he's like a kid you know, I, there's just something about the the stuff you talk about and the life you lead. I think that for some reason, I just I dealt, I decided that you had been through a lot of shit because you were in yeah. You know, sure, I, I yeah. No, I've been doing comedy since I was uh, 22, 23. Yeah, which is not like is very young. But some, you know, you meet those guys. You know, I was 14 years old. My no, mom used to take me down to the thing. Really? How many of those guys are I there? I know Ross Noble, Daniel Kitson. They were both like uh, teenage prodigies. I know those time. guys. Yeah, yeah. I know Russ. I did. Uh, I I've worked with Russ, and I, I I've met Kitson a couple times. He's yeah. an interesting character. He's a very interesting character. He's like sort of like uh, the cult hero of uh, he, Europe. He, he's uh, a, a, look an extremely good comic. He, he doesn't seem to like me very much for some reason, but he doesn't seem to like anybody. Are he's, you sure? I think he's just a little socially awkward. Well, he's one. No, he's one of those guys that he's a genius and everyone else is an idiot. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he thinks that. And. Well, that's what he thinks, and he's quite possibly right on most occasions, but right. there, there's nothing wrong with idiots. No, you know of course I mean? not. Like, yeah, there, there's plenty of them. There's nothing you can do about we're it. We're 80% of the population. <laughs> we, de- we deserve a voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you know, I, I, it's, it's that whole thing that, like, one in two people have an IQ under 90. The average is 100, and one in two have an IQ under 90. Now, I've got a, a bit over 100, right? Not right. substantially over 100, right? But I, I feel stupid every day. Yeah. Every day I feel slightly. Someone says something or I watch something on the news and I just don't get it and go, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> All right. Now you take off 25 IQ points. Something. You take a quarter of my brain away from me. Yeah. I would be just retarded. Yeah. Just completely just <laughs> sitting in the corner, just laughing at the word boobies and just retarded, yeah. right? And that's half the population. Yeah. 
That's half. Yeah. Statistically that half. Just laugh at the word boobies. Yeah, yeah. So, Which, if you do that kind of comedy, it makes your job easier. Yeah, so, yeah. so these people need someone... <laughs> To tell them jokes, and I, I hate how like people are so easy to knock someone like Dane Cook or Carrot Top or something like that, you know. And you just go, yeah, but it's the people who don't like him. He's not playing to you. Well, the, I, I agree with you, and I agree that the fact that especially guys, you know, in like if I talk to Stanhope or I talk to somebody, you know, if you talk to Kitson and they have this the barometer of uh, comedic integrity or what we should or shouldn't be doing. If everybody was like those guys, it'd be a horrendous world. Yeah. And and no one would get entertained. I mean, there's something to be said about elevating... Well, I, I don't think Stanhope's fans particularly... Um, some of them like me and some of them don't. And it's the whole thing because, uh, you know, I'm a similar type of guy. You know, type Just because you're a boozer and you tell stories? Yeah, yeah, yeah boozer and tell stories. Yeah. And, you know. And um, so it, it's, it is what it is, but it's... Um, but you're not political. I mean, you know, he's sort of like he operates on a you know sort of yeah. Psycho- I, I I wouldn't like to be political in the sense I I do a lot of religious based stuff because I you know anyone can have an opinion on that because we all have been taught all the stories when we were kids. How right? were you brought up? I was brought up Christian, very light Christian. But because I don't find myself struggling on uh, very much with the the idea of God. You know, it's you know I'm not here or there with it, but I don't feel this pressing need. Yeah. to have answers. I do have a difficult time with religious fanatics. Well, see, I, that, that's, that's, you know, you, you do a couple of jokes going, oh, there's not a God, and all of a sudden you're being brought into this argument, and then right. people seem to really like it, so you write a few more jokes about it. Right. And, you, you know, then you, 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 I, I think the people who really get into me telling religious jokes care about it a lot more than I do. Right. And yeah. I think it's more about, like, to me, on either side, the weird fanaticism exists. There's fanatic atheists, and there's fanatic... Uh, God people. And, uh, yeah. Also, see, there's some people who, who, especially in Britain, are Bill Hicks fans who are just, it's it's like he's an atheist God to them. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, you, and you're just like, uh, I don't know if he even cared as much as you do. You yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think he just liked exploring, you know, the hypocrisy of things. But, you know, quite honestly, as I get older, I realize that, look, if somebody wants to believe that and it helps them not go crazy yeah. or kill people or kill themselves uh, and I, they don't bother me with it, fuck it. The, time, not, the times that I really appreciate religion in this world is when people find it in prison. Yeah. <laughs> and when people get off drugs by finding it. Yeah. And if, uh, look, I think it's bullshit, but. Do what you got to do. But you have, like, someone told me that you, uh, I don't know if, if you do the story on stage, but it, it intrigued me. There's some, uh, that you have, uh, do you have a, a, a cousin that you tried to get laid or something? Oh, oh, I, it's not a, a childhood friend. And uh, is this something you do on stage? This is, this will be on my next DVD, actually. Uh, it's like a 20 minute routine. I've never had a routine this long, but it's basically, I had a, a, a childhood friend uh, who's got muscular dystrophy and he's lived to be 33 years old. He's still alive. Still alive. Most people don't get past 25. Uh-huh. And uh, he's lived to be 33 years old. Can't move a single muscle in his body. And uh, me and his brother took him to a brothel last uh, April year. And ago. he can't move a thing in his body. Can't move a thing in his body. Took him in there, got him undressed, paid for the hooker. But wait, so, okay. Set, so, set it all up. What's, 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 one thing let's he do could, it. One thing he could move. No kidding. Yeah, because that's not a muscle. Oh, right. It's just a circulatory and, thing. And, and as, so, as long as he gets aroused in his mind, blood will rush to there, just yeah. like anything. You so know? he's completely paralyzed. Completely paralyzed. All right, so so walk me through it. Um, well, well, I won't do the routine because that's a bit hokey to do. But I'll tell you the real story. Yeah, the happened. real story is good. Yeah. Um, so bas- basically, I, w- I went over to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival and yeah. his family moved to Melbourne and uh, I'm still very good friends with his brother. And we went over and we, we met up with Dan and uh, we decided, yeah, we'll take him to the brothel and everything. So in Australia, prostitution is legal. 
So we spent the afternoon going through the phone book trying to find a brothel with wheelchair access. Like just like like literally. <laughs> if it was listed, or were yeah, you no, making no, calls? No, no, in the yellow pages, they, yeah. they, they'll have all the ads in the yeah. escort section. Yeah. So that when they legalise prostitution, they didn't legalise... Um, you can't get a hooker on the street in Australia. Right. You can't get one to your hotel room. What no? They did, what they did was they they made it so that the girls could work in brothels. Right. You can go to a brothel, but the the brothel would have things like a couple of fucking heavy guys there in case things kicked off. Right. Most of the girls are safe. And also, um, the girls have to get tested for STDs every couple of weeks. You can even ask for their certificate. And you, you, you have to undergo a thing called the light. Yeah. Where you put your cock under a bright light. No. Yeah. To see if there's any warts. And or... they put one of those like sort of fluoro sort of sticks yeah, to yeah. see if there's any warts or anything yeah, carrying yeah, yeah. on. And um, this is at the ticket booth or whatever. Like no, you, no, this is the girl does it in the room. Oh, really? You know what I mean? So that's not very sexy. Leading that's up not, to it. No, no, Let no. me see your certificate and yeah. go ahead and scan my dick. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's a pretty, but arguably, and I don't even think it's an argument. You, 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 you're safer fucking an Australian hooker than picking up a girl in a bar. Yeah, that makes and sense. Using a condom and everything after all those tests and everything. You still use a condom. Yeah, well, the girls, the girls still, you know, of, yeah, course, of course, you still use it. Yeah, yeah, or else she'd have to get tested every day. Yeah, she yeah. Has to get tested every five minutes, right? <laughs> and uh, so, so we organised this thing, and his brother was like, his brother's like, all right, okay, we'll do it, but he can't have full sex. Full sex will definitely kill him. Oh, so there's actually a, a risk of his life. He's heart, he's heart, He's died and been resuscitated several times because he, oh, because his uh, his muscles gave away his respiratory. Yeah, his, right, his right. lungs are muscles. His heart's a muscle. He's, right, yeah, right. You know, how did you know he was into it? Does he communicate? He can talk to you, oh. but just very slowly and very. You know, oh, okay, you know? we we took him along, but we said he can only get a blowjob. Even though he wanted full sex, we went. Yeah. Oh, come on, look, where we don't want to kill you. We're the enablers. <laughs> yeah, you know we don't what want. I mean? And you don't want to put a whore through that and, either. You like to kill a guy. It's that whole thing that I sort of argued we should let him have full sex, and his brother goes, "What if he dies?" And I said, "Look, he's gonna die soon." Anyway. <laughs> You know, this is a good way from like. Sure, we'll have to answer a few questions. <laughs> yeah, but they'll understand. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, like someone. It's like, it's like, it's like we're the Kevorkian in this type of thing. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he yeah. did it. You yeah, know, we would just helped him a little bit. He like, flipped the switch when he got hard. <laughs> yeah. out of our hands. <laughs> he got hard. We took that as yeah, yeah, you know, he's ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so so how did the how did the hooker respond? Well, the thing was, we, there was a few of them in there that said they wouldn't do it. Like, we, I went in earlier and made sure that you know you did some interviews. I went I, when I say I went in earlier. I went in while they were unloading him from the taxi. Oh, okay. Like I sort of ran in and said, "Look, if anyone's uncomfortable, with can, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. speak now." And a few of them just didn't want to do it. You know, were, but, were they like no? Like, did they look shocked? Or I mean, no, 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 they weren't shocked. And and also, we'd rung ahead to the place and said that we were coming. And uh, it was a lovely New Zealand girl. And she was the hottest one of the bunch. Mm -hmm. Just the best one you would have picked anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, 180 Australian dollars. And that was, you know, the thing that she did ask us, though, and I hope Dan doesn't listen to this. Uh, Who's this? Here? Dan's the actual, my actual friend who, who's got this condition. But uh, the thing she did ask us, when, when we negotiate, me and her brother's negotiating the price, she goes, because uh, she didn't talk to Dan first, she goes, uh, is he mentally retarded? Yeah, and I went, oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's what we do. I find mentally retarded people and take them to prostitutes. I'll be masturbating in the corner, and then, and then I said, uh, he doesn't even know he's here. 
And she and she literally went, oh, well, okay then. But if there is two of you, it will cost twice. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going, no, 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 he knows. It's his decision. There's a good chance he'll die. <laughs> you know, it's uh, we take him in there. We we uh, we get him undressed. And he uh, basically, his chair's not like, because muscular dystrophy, his muscles get sore. His chair doesn't... Uh, his, his chair isn't stationary. Like it's got electronics and it can move him from side to side and right. back to front and even into a full bed. Yeah. And the last thing I saw is, is I left him left the room was him going. <laughs> he was ready. Back into like the yeah. thing with the cock standing up and oh, off, yeah. off we go, kids. And and when he got done, was he? Well, she, she came back in the room and she said, "Well, it's over." And we were like, "Is he still alive? Like, is everything fine?" Like, <laughs> like stressing out. Like, we were really because the thing was, we we snuck him because obviously he still lives with his parents. Yeah, even at his age, but because you know he needs constant care, you know. And um, so we we'd snuck him out of the parents' house. Like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Wait, is a boys' day out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had never had a blowjob before. Well, he 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 was in a wheelchair from the age of. 10 or something oh boy you, you know like it, it's you're born with this disease the same as motor uh, motor neuron or luke garrick's disease but he had never like uh, had sex no oh. no I, but the thing was he, he allegedly when he went back to all of his friends who had the same condition because they have groups where they meet up and yeah they, they all talk to each other yeah guys they grew up with who yeah yeah he was the mac daddy man he was, <laughs> the fucking, he was the guy that's a I, you know it's a heartwarming story i feel like there's got to be money to be made out of that like just if you just because there's a lot of families that I've spoken to people after that have done this thing on stage and a lot of people have come up to me fathers especially who are almost with tears in their eyes saying oh, I'd never have the guts to do that and I'd, I'd love I don't want to do that for my son you know what I mean so maybe this is a second job for you I, well, I, I don't think being I could, sort of I a middleman I don't think I could take money for it but what I'm saying is it might be a nice charitable thing that someone could organize so let's put that out there if anyone listening would like to open up some sort of uh a uh, charitable agency that transports, you know, p- incapacitated but capable but uh, people of a right mind of a right mind to a to a prostitute, a clean prostitute, yeah. to at least enjoy sex once. Once yeah. uh, is, is a nice thing to do. Yeah, I think, so you really, I, I honestly in, think that's a that's a that's a t- it would be a terribly nice thing for people to do. So tears in the eyes, the father comes. Tears, up. people, no, several times. Really? Yeah, people, and this is the whole thing that. That we haven't told his parents, and I'm sure they're going to hear sooner or later through me talking about it and all that type of stuff. And uh, I look at it this way. I don't think the old man's going to mind. The mother's quite religious, but it's like... But even if she's religious after a certain point, I mean, that's one of those things that, you know, where you, you question people's uh, religion. Is I, th- that... I, I think it would be hard for a parent to do. No, I understand they, that, but know? to judge it, yeah, but given I, the situation. I, I think, uh, I think a, a brother or a sister, I think it's a very brotherly or sisterly thing you can do it's it's like i remember, i say this on the, on the stage uh um uh when we took him in she goes oh we should have to we, we have to have a shower and clean everything up before we start type of thing and andrew goes oh no 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 i washed it before we came out <laughs> and when he said it just so matter of factly and i thought that has got to be the most tangible bit of love i've ever heard yeah like you can you, you can be you can think you're a good brother, good sister, good mother, good daughter, whatever you think you are in this world, but you're nothing until you've washed your disabled brother's cock to take him to a prostitute. <laughs> like, that's pure love right there. <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm definitely. That's just love. Yeah. And, and you think you don't think of things like that, you know, you think of, oh, you know, feed him and change him. And- <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but that's really the, the greatest act of charity. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, how's he now? Is he still okay? He's still, he's still fine. You Does know. he want to go back? Um, I yeah, I've heard this. I've yeah, heard this. I would imagine that his brother. His brother said he wanted to go back, and it's <laughs> like. Uh, Every two years, let's do it. You know, let's not. You know, At least he's got something to look forward to. We, we can't be doing it once a month. You know. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So but, it looks like you're on the verge of actually doing something that a lot of uh, you know Australian, Irish, you know, British comics, you know, just don't seem to manage, which is some type of mainstream success in this country. Um. Well, yeah. I, look, I, I I didn't know what to expect after the HBO thing. To be honest, How, how's your uh, your ticket sales here? It look town to town, you know. Like, um, I, I'll play it now, but it, it, we, I'm doing a 1,200-seat venue in Boston. We've just sold it out and put on an extra show. Well, Boston is very... I mean, you're you're part of their history in a way. Yeah, that there, there's something about, uh, you know, certainly, you know, Irish, British. Hmm. I mean, Boston is very... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But then there's certain towns where it's like, all right, so no one came to see me in Detroit, all right? No um, one does anything in Detroit. Yeah, but you know the, what I mean? The town barely exists you, you anymore. You can't gauge these... But, and then there's certain clubs that if you just keep going back, it'll just sell better and better and better and better and better. And at the moment, I'm selling better and better, but I know there has to be a moment where I'm starting to sell a little bit worse. There has to be... Yeah, but you're, on the, you're going up. You're not going yeah, down. Yeah, but what goes up must come down. There's yeah, got to be, right, gotta but, be a moment. But but now you're doing a... You, 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 I saw your show got picked up for Comedy Central. Uh, it got picked up for development. Oh. <laughs> which doesn't mean anything. So what's that deal? So you're doing a pilot or you got no, six no, no, episodes? No, no, no. They, I, I, they paid for the script. Oh, that's it? Yeah, at the moment. And, and uh, they're deciding at the moment for... Uh, if they're going to make it, I'll sort of know in the next couple of weeks. But I'm optimistic about it. But I've I've had pilots before here. And in you know, I've had one in the UK, and uh, it, it's I've had like I've had one one sitcom in the UK, and I've also had uh, like panel shows and talk show pilots as well that I've done. And uh, I, I I'm not going to keep my fingers crossed on anything in, uh, until you get a full season commission that's because, right because i don't think people know in this industry how little that means getting a pilot no i, th I think that you know from people i've talked to on this show and certainly my audience is a little more savvy to it that you really have to be in a constant buffering state of disappointment you can't like it's at, at a certain point you have to realize like you know i just gotta keep trying yeah that doesn't mean anything that you got a deal doesn't even mean anything that they say they're going to put it on the air mm. Yeah, you got to do, you know, you just got to keep doing different things and try to, you know, but first and foremost, we're stand-up comics, aren't we? And we'll always get work doing that. And that's what I always appreciate out of this job in comparison to, say, people who are actors. Yeah, we can always do it. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, I can make money in any small pub if I just put my mind to it. You know? So you're maintaining a presence, you know, uh, in, both con in both continents. I, I, I'll do the Edinburgh Festival and then I, I'll do a British tour from late October through to the end of December. Now, the Edinburgh Festival for somebody like you, now that you've built your house, mm. I mean, that's a big nut for you. That's I mean, a, That's a big payday, yeah, now. Yeah. But uh, it used to not be. I've I've done all the losses of money and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I went from yeah 30-seater 30, 30 to a 120-seater to a 300 to a 400 to the 400 again. Now we're going into the 1200. But the, the, I won't sell this one out. How long's the run? All thirty days uh, or whatever. 20, 26 days. So you're gonna play a twelve hundred seater for a month. Yeah. And you and you're gonna sell out that whole run? No, no, oh. not even close. But if I could sell out Fridays and Saturdays for the whole then, run, and then sell out five hundred sort of Monday to Monday to Thursday. Yeah, that would be fine. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, like you know, but it's you're competing with so many other people, and sometimes when you get sort of. 
um, to be a bigger Edinburgh act. I feel sorry for the guys in the 30-seaters when you're taking that many audience members because right. it's, it's that thing is like a lot of people will see me at the festival who may not even like me, but just because I'm one of the big 10 to see. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So they'll just go, all right, we'll just, like people, like like American tourists or whatever go, all right, well, that's the biggest poster. Yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah I mean, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, he must be good. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that I've guy, seen his face more than everyone else. That guy's paid for a billboard. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He must have it, you know. But it's it's like, you know, your, your budget on one of these shows, I, my budget used to be like 3,000 pounds. Now it's like 30,000 pounds because, as I said, you start buying billboards and you put yourself on the side of taxis and all that type of stuff. And that's all you. Yeah, uh-huh. that's all, all your money, but you gotta you gotta spend money to make money. That theory, type sure of thing, right? Well, that's the weird thing about how much publicity we have to do ourselves. But I think also like that. What's interesting about you and I find this with uh, there's not a lot of comics in this country uh, that come from a, a sort of uh, first person storytelling tradition, sure. and and I see that like when I went back to Scotland for the Glasgow thing, I had a bad experience, you know, in, in Edinburgh mm. and I'm not, you know, I'm not a short form joke guy either, but I, mm. I don't do a, a lot of sort of raconteur kind of like, you know, the other night, you know, I, I don't do a lot of that, yeah. but it seems like that audiences in the UK are, are can, t- can really uh, sort of engage with that on, you know, in American audience, not as much. It's, it's a lot less, um, it, the joke efficiency thing, like yeah, you know, it seems to me that American comedy at some point became like joke machine. I'm not, yeah, I'm not as punchy as most American comics. I don't, I don't think pound for pound, I, 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 there's a lot of comics who get a lot more laughs out of a show than me. But I think, uh, I think, you know, I think in many ways what I do is more memorable. Of course, you know, because I mean? they get to know you. Yeah, they, you're not just a puppet or a pe- clown. People invest in you a little bit more. Were um, you a fan of Billy Connolly? I'm still a fan of Billy Connolly. Yeah. Because like he seems like what what I realized when I went to Scotland is I did my one man show about my divorce and I was nervous about it. Hmm. But then at some point, five minutes in, I realized that there's something about the way the audiences are geared there. I mean, hmm. comedy clubs are comedy clubs. I mean, hmm. you know, they, they're just they're going to be clusterfucks. You sure, know, you don't sure. know what's going to happen. But in terms of sitting down and listening to a guy tell stories, they can they're definitely engaged in that. It seems to be part of the cultural history of the thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's it's also. Uh, um, guys like Billy Connolly, he didn't even start out as a comic, did he? Yeah. He was just a guy in a band who would tell stories in between the songs and the stories got longer and the songs got shorter and then all of a sudden that was the show. He's a charismatic guy, dude. I once ate breakfast with him I'm in ne- Aspen. I've never met him. Holy no. shit. One time I was at the Aspen Comedy Festival and I was doing a, a one-man show there and you know I ended up uh, you know at the hotel restaurant and yeah. he's sitting there and he's like, yeah, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit down with him and the intensity of his personality, I didn't think I was going to get through breakfast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those guys that even when he's just talking to you, he's like, listen, and you're like, holy fuck. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like, he's one of those guys that uh, sometimes you get young comics who accuse him of being a bit hacky or something like that. That always happens to old guys. If you're around long enough, the young guys will turn on you. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they don't put you into context. I found well, that with I, Robert I, I found the only time, yeah, the only time I, I ever got grief was after I got successful. And now everyone used to love me. I was like everyone's favorite guy. And yeah. then all of a sudden, oh, I'm a dick. Oh, really? <laughs> Are you finding that? No, but only in little circles. Sure. Little tiny well, person, that's right. person there. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. But you, ne- you never had that before. Right, because you were one of them. You were and one now of them. somehow or another, you're one of the other. But I remember, I even feel guilty now because I remember doing that to other guys who got beat. Of course, it's a karmic return. I, 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 yeah, it's karmic. I remember going, yeah, he, who you think he is? You know, yeah, he sold really, out. That fucker doesn't probably, deserve that. He's stealing jokes and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And these guys were bang up guys who were just trying to make a crust like everybody else. You That's know? right. Yeah. And and it's it's the same theory as uh, bands that uh, get to the gone commercial. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to them whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there is a theory that uh, when you get popular, your fan base can at times get a little bit more um, dicky. You know what I mean? Like you can get like well, you know who you're, you don't know who you're going to attract. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you start, you know, the, you can get like, but you're playing to bigger crowds. So obviously, there used to be one douchebag in the room, and now there's twenty of them. But and, I you think, know, what, it's all but comparative. also the liability of of doing what you do, which is you know tell stories about you know being fucked up and you know sex and and all that stuff, is that you're going to get those guys who are like, "That's my guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden, I've had that experience because I tend to attract uh, uh, a lot of like. I recently did a show in Bloomington, Indiana, and the guy said, uh, "You know, you, you really, you know, you sold well, but I've never sold more single tickets." So, I, you know, I get a lot of lonely dudes who don't get out much, maybe don't have a lot of friends. I get middle-aged <laughs> women, who, and then there's party when you start to see who your fans are. It's like, what? What's inside of me? You I, know, young men in their twenties. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. That's, that's the market. Uh, yeah, that's why that's, you're on Comedy Central. That's uh, that's young men in their twenties. That's who like me and um, like. Like I used to meet a lot more girls before uh, I went off the circuit, which I'm not off the circuit here because it's a different system in America. Like, how is it different? Well, there, the circuit um, is intertwined with the headliner, if you know what I mean. So in Britain, no comedy club, the Comedy Store, the Manchester the Comedy Store, all these genres and highlight and all yeah. these clubs, these big chains, like, like. They never have anyone's name written out the front when you go in. Right. You just go to the comedy store and you expect it to be good comics because they always put good comics on there and blah, 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 Sure. Right? Yeah. And you've got to get to a certain level to be able to play there and then it's, it's luck of the draw. Right. Where if I go play the improv, which is, say, your equivalent chain over here, yeah. um, it, the tickets are sold on my name. And my right. name's, there's a big poster of me. And sure. We've got this guy coming up. We've got that guy coming up. They don't finish at the end of Britain telling you who's coming up next week. Right. right. So if you get to a stage in the UK where um, people are searching you out through your webpage or whatever and you're selling and you start thinking, I think a lot of people in this room are coming just to see me, then you get out of the clubs and you write your own ticket. You you hire little theatres and... They've got a lot of little tiny 400-seat theaters. I'm doing the Soho Theater Yeah, in it's July. A, it's a, like uh, 200. Yeah. Nice little theater in the middle yeah. of London, right? Yeah. So you do that, right? Yeah. And then you get your 80%, 70% of the door, whatever the deal is, right? And, and, and you start thinking, okay, I'm making a little bit more money, but at least people are coming to see me, and then you do it like... So over here, people are coming to see me, but I'm still working with other comics. Yeah. But it's my name that pulls them to the club. Sure. So, so it's not like... I, so I'm still on the circuit over here, but I'm. At the, we've all got different rankings, don't yeah, we? Yeah, of course. We've got yeah. headliners and the things. Yeah. Where, where in Britain, everyone's got the same rank until all, you do a theater. We're all just grunts until right. we, you know. Now you find now what 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 should I expect? Because I've actually never performed in London, and I've heard some things like that. The comedy clubs can get a little rowdy. I I personally think London's the best city in the world to to gig in. Why? Just the best crowds, really up for it. Everybody's very comedy savvy. You know how you know how like you do a gig sometimes. You're being like in Cleveland or something. You do the gig and someone comes to you and go, "That was my first comedy show ever." And yeah. I'm like, "I'm now I'm a fan." Yeah. And you're just like, "Really? Yeah. You're, you're like 35 years old. You're first comedy. never been to a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where in Britain, it's everybody goes to comedy. It's part of the culture. It's part of the culture. The weather's shit and it's an indoor activity <laughs> and it's yeah. you know what I mean. It's like it's like the days that 
comedy the comedy clubs are empty is those two weeks of summer where it's worked out right you know because everyone's just staring at the sun yeah, just it's, standing it's unbelievable yeah 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 it's happening but why it's and i think that's the reason why stand-up comedy clubs never really clicked in australia because it's always nice it's just always nice and we have a culture that's we have a culture that's like beer and, and, and steak in the backyard and all that type of stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So what Australians do is they don't go down to the local comedy club, but if a big name tours like a Billy Conley or something like that, they'll go and, and that's how they get their comedy fix. They see two big comedians when they come into town a year and then they've gone, all right, I saw that comic. I saw so that comic. what about the, the, the idea of interaction in, uh, in London? In that London? Means- well... Look, it, it's. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a problem with crowd work. Yeah, I don't mind I, doing I, it. I, I, look, they're they're more rowdy in the thing that they'll yell out things. But I tell you what, they're less. Um, in my opinion, they're less uh, interrupting than an American crowd. In the sense of like they're more respectful. No, they but they don't stop and say "woo yeah yeah yeah." Then yeah. your jokes, or you'll never have that person that goes, "That's so true." Right. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, oh, yeah, you yeah. didn't say that. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Or they start explaining your joke in the middle of your joke. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's, so what do they do in London? That they'll, they'll they'll try to find pops at you. Oh. You know what I mean? Like where they get the opportunity, but they'll do it in a way. This is what I like about them. They'll do it in a way that they want you to beat them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you're a dickhead. And then, but that's like, of course, I'm not going to say you're a dickhead. But I mean, and then you say something witty back, and they're like, ah, he got me good for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? So it's part of the job there. Yeah. It's part of the job <laughs> that they're sort of like, being able to deal with hecklers is, is a little bit more of a, uh, they, uh, they, res- they respect you for it. You know? Okay. Am I going to have to deal with that at the Soho Theater? Soho Theater is a nice little theater. You won't have to deal with it there. What's about the worst thing that ever happened to you? On stage? Sure. I got, I got punched in the head. It's on the internet. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, well, people should go see that. What should they just Google? Uh, it's Jim uh, Jeffries Jim, being punched. Jim, Jim Jeffries punched. Yeah, yeah. It's Where'd a, that happen? Manchester Comedy Store. And how come? Um, see, the thing is, if you if you watch the footage, it looks like um, I must have stirred him up or something. It's only the security footage that you're watching. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't. Um, I didn't say anything to him. I I just uh, he he was upset by a joke that I'd said earlier yeah they were a pretty hostile crowd to begin with yeah and uh you offended him personally I, I offended him but i offended him five minutes before he punched me so he had to sit with it and he sort of you know festered with it yeah right but he never stood up and went hey you're a fucking asshole you've, yeah you've had that before For sure right and yeah. then the security drags him away right right well he, he just ran up and punched me so a lot of people go oh why isn't where was the security right and it's like, well, they no. they came, but I was already punched like three times. But the audience rushed the stage. Do you know what joke it was? Um, I said there was a there's a put down which sounds like a, an old hack line. Yeah, but it is actually my line. Is is uh, I put I put this woman down on one side of the room several times, and then I went, all right, that's it. All right, I'm going to leave you alone now, like your dad did. Yeah, right. And this guy had some issues in his drunken haze about his father that he hadn't resolved. Yeah. You know what I that's mean? It. That's the assumption, or you talk to him. Yeah. No, I talked to him afterwards. He goes, oh, oh dude, you talk about my dad. Like he's drunk. You know? All right, so, okay, so that's what triggered him, and he just came up and clocked you a just couple of times? Just clocked me, and the thing is... But he Did came, you fight back? Well, if you watch the clip, he came out of the darkness into the light, and I actually went... Oh, hang on, mate. Like, I was about to go, oh, you're not allowed up here. Yeah. Like, I thought, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a bit drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's my space. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. It's wrong, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not allowed up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just ran up, and I, I was hardly injured. He, um, I, I sort of leaned out of the way, and it looked like the first punch really hit, but it just, he was at full extension. Yeah. Just a little glancing, just boonk. And then the rest of it, I ducked down. He was punching in the back of my head. 
and I had a big lump in the back of my head, but um, I, I only had like sort of this like crescent moon sort of bruise against my eye. And um, um, I, I finished the gig. I that must have been heroic. I they must have loved that. Oh, standing ovation. Oh, yeah. Came, came back out. <laughs> but because uh, I went into the dressing room for a, a couple of minutes. For the, and then for them to wrestle him out of the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went into the dressing room and just sat there. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's a comic called Michael McIntyre who's now by far the biggest comic in Europe. He's a stadium filler guy. Yeah. Right? And he was the other act on that day. An arrogant guy, but really fun. I think he's really funny. He gets a lot of flack, but I think Where's he's- he from? He's a Londoner, and um, I went into the dressing room. And he, he he must have heard all the commotion yeah. of everything going on, and uh, I come in with a black eye, and he goes, "So how how did you go? Did you have a good gig like that?" Right? He knew something had happened, but he didn't turn around to even look at me. And right? I went, didn't go well, Michael. Someone punched me in the head, <laughs> and he went, "No one can follow me." <laughs> like, just <laughs> with so with so much so much arrogance. Now, okay, so what facilitated the conversation with the guy who hit you? Oh, they held him in the dressing room until uh, they held him in the dressing room until the cops came. With you? Yeah, yeah, with security standing over him. And I and- sort of felt like a mafia boss. Like, oh, we got him in the dressing room. Do you want to talk to him? And I walked in. There's two heavy guys, and he's sitting in a chair. And and I walked in with that sort of. So, what, what did you punch me for? But I was actually. He was sort of. He wasn't in tears as such, but he was like he was down about the whole thing. You know what I mean? Well, that's the weird thing about those kind of moments because I was, you know, attacked on stage once for a similar thing where something triggered in a slightly drunk mind. Yeah. Where he did, he just saw red, and mm. all he saw was you and him, and he had personalized it completely, mm. and then because of the alcohol, couldn't control his impulses. Sure. And so now after it, he's like, "What the fuck did I do? Is that yeah. what you experienced?" Yeah. Oh. And then some, yeah, 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 yeah. and and but he he was sort of like, oh. and then like I just said, uh, look, man, you, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I think I, I, I was angry, and I said I'm going to press charges. And then when the cops came, I went, don't press charges, just let him go, put him in a cell for. Well, he had he drunk and disorderly. It wasn't up to me to put him in a cell for. So he was going to do that anyways. Yeah, you they, didn't press they, they, assault they, charges. The, the club wanted him. Right. I, I didn't want the police calling. The club did. Right. But you know so, I mean? but the charges would have been assault. Something like that. Yeah, it would have been assault. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and uh, I, you know, I never pressed any charge. And it was funny because his, his brother wrote to me once on my webpage many years later, saying what a nice lad the guy is and all that type of stuff. And that's what, yeah. And how bad he feels about everything and all that type of stuff. And then he must have gotten drunk and wrote me another email, like the brother again, and wrote, "Hey, you know what? You seem to be profiteering out of this fucking thing, you fucking <laughs> asshole." Like that, right? Because of the cause, clip? Because it's on the internet, right? Yeah. And, and I, I, di- I did a bit on stage about it with like a big screen of it yeah, behind yeah. me where I explained it oh, all right, happening, right? right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I said, I still got, uh, I've got three years to press charges. You know, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. And now, now, so so those, those three years run out very soon, if, if they haven't already. So I'm expecting another angry. <laughs> the guy's just waiting. <laughs> all right, so before we wrap it up, what is the, uh, what's the Comedy Central show about? How's that going to work? Um, well, that's that's it's it's. I'm going to be a guidance counselor at a high school. Okay, is, so it's a real sitcom. Yeah, which is not it's not uh, it's not set in the school, but that's my my gig. I've gone down the basic uh, Seinfeld route of uh, three guys, one girl. Yeah. I, always, I always thought they're always the best sitcoms for sure. me. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And um, we're also going to have uh, because of my mate Dan, um, we're going to have a, a a guy. We wanted a guy with muscular dystrophy in the sitcom, and um, then they said, uh, no, 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 it's too tragic. They die. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and you so think, what about so, cerebral palsy? Well, they, they, went, they went, all right, we'll give you, uh, give you a, 
paraplegic, right? Oh, uh, yeah. And we're like, yeah, they can still do things. They're yeah. still, you know, they still get around. They still, they don't need me, <laughs> right? Right. And then so we like we argued and argued and settled on quadriplegic. Oh my god! Right, so we're going to have a quadriplegic character now. The thing is, I, I live with a comic called Eddie Ift, and uh, I've, I've kind of promised because this this role only has about four lines. Now, it's for a com- for a comic that's a great sitcom part because four lines in an episode, you don't have to move anything but your neck, it's and they're going to be funny. Very basic yeah, acting, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, right. And so I said to him, I said, "Oh, you can uh, you can have the quad role if you want, right?" But Eddie works out all the time. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, but if you want the role, you got to let yourself go a bit fatten more. Up a little. You got to yeah. fatten up a bit, or we can't give you the part. Yeah. And so I'm just putting him through hell, and we got to give you like a real bad haircut and a thing, and, you and he's doing it. Well, as soon as it's commissioned, I'm going to put his life through hell. Yeah, I'm going to make him do all these things. He's agreed to do it. Yeah, he's agreed to do it. He wants to. Be, he wants to be in the sitcom. He gets to be in the sitcom. <laughs> He's just got to fatten up. You got to fatten up, and we got to shave the side of your head so there's just a tuff of it on the top, <laughs> and that's your life from that's, now on. That's interesting, though. That they said that, like, you know, it's okay. The negotiation in their minds was uh, muscular dystrophy is a disease, and yeah. it doesn't end well. Yeah. But quadriplegic is a condition. Yeah, it's a, an accident. Yeah, and he's going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to necessarily die. But also, they uh, they said to us, they said that we met with stands and practices, and they said, uh, "Are you going to cast an actual quadriplegic in this role?" And we're like, me and the guy I'm writing with, we we're like, um, no. And they said, "Well, sort of union rules, you should try to." cast a disabled person in a disabled role and to get out of it we went oh no no episode six is a dream sequence where he walks around you know (laughs) 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 and we haven't we haven't written episode six what's episode six all about yeah yeah so now we've put ourselves in a hole we've got to put a dream sequence where he walks around in episode six but i mean the the thing is uh they said well if you change your mind i said well you know like how many funny quadriplegic guys are there that we could you know if i'll I'll cast one if he's the funniest guy. I imagine there's probably quite a few because in order to deal with that much of uh, of an obstacle in life, you'd have to be kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you got to have a sense of humor about yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing. But but it's it's just uh, I think for like we're gonna be physically picking him up out of the chair and all that type of stuff. I'd rather just use an able-bodied guy, for, right? Because you need to know how to do that. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Without you know, like, but uh, they go the, the, that stands and practices went well. I think you should personally. I think you should cast a quadriplegic. She goes, uh, it'd be a big break for one of them. And I said, haven't they already had a big break? And it was like, I'm just standing around with all the executives like that going, and this is the response you got where they just sort of went, yeah, thanks, Jim. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, good I'm going, yeah, hey, had a, had a big break. He's in a, he's in a wheelchair, right? It's a big, nothing. It's a, nothing, all right. <laughs> And they, they, the standards of practice people, I love them. They, they, they have like notes, like there's a dildo in one scene, but it's not like we're, we're focusing on this thing, but they go, there's like a dildo in the background of this yeah. girl's bedroom, you know? Yeah. And they said, um, they said, dildo cannot be anatomically correct. No flesh colors or veins or head. That was this. That was the uh, the yeah, line. Yeah, so you can have a dildo, but it's got to look like a frog or you know, yeah. like one of those rabbit ones or, or something just, like or, that, or a general dildo. Yeah, just the large, a large, piece. A large one. Yeah, like or it can be like a, one of those silver vibrators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it can't be a cock. A cock. <laughs> Well, good. At least you're learning all the limitations yeah, of standard practices. Even if it is like obviously a rubber cock. Yeah, it can't be a cock. Exactly. Well, that's a, so. All you people out there that are pitching shows with dildos and quadriplegics, I hope this is uh, this has helped out. And Jim Jeffries, continued success. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks for having me, man. That's it, Jim Jeffries. 
I like that guy. I like that guy could tell a good story. Seems a little hard. He's hard for his age, that dude. Look, folks, thanks for listening. Please go to WTFPod.com. Enjoy yourselves. You don't have to stay there long, but you can kick in a little uh, kick in a little green to the pot to keep me and Brendan out of the poorhouse, if you will. Or you can uh, you know, get yourself some uh, JustCoffee.coop. Please get on the mailing list. Send me an email. Do whatever you want over there. But uh, you know, get, did I say get some Just Coffee? I did, didn't I? Sorry, I'm delusional. I'm a little sick. I feel feverish. I, I'm, I'm going down. I don't know. And you know, click on Audible because you get a free thingy. Okay? All right. I'll talk to you Thursday. Be careful, please.